Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation? But not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app slash breadbox. Welcome to Tools to Ready the Journey, a conversation to help prepare and support young men for fatherhood. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this final episode of Tools to Ready the Journey, a Father's Guide to a Faithful Family. I can't believe I am saying those words, uh, the 15th and final episode of this uh, podcast study of Tools to Ready the Journey uh, book by Ray Haywood. We have finally reached the very, very end of the podcast discussion, but it really is a beginning uh, for both you and for us um, as we venture off to uh, expand uh, this beautiful ministry more and more. Uh, we encourage you to join us along that road. Um, you've probably heard me say it one too many times, but the website is trjfathersguide.com. It's very simple, trjfathersguide.com. Uh, copies of the book, uh, podcast, and everything can be found there. Uh, and we just thank you so much for uh, joining with us uh, along this book study and and being a part of uh, our journeys, our faith journeys. Uh, Ray, it's been an amazing pleasure to uh, join you along this journey, and uh, I am so honored to take these final steps. Absolutely. Fortified fellowship is now what we share, Bill. Absolutely. It is so true. Yes. So um, uh, in the book's closing thought of a final call to action, what is truth? The reader is challenged with the reality that truth is revealed to us by authority. And in seeking out objective truth in any situation, we need to discern well what authority is presenting the truth in need of our acceptance. It goes on to substantiate that in our first contemplation of this realization, the simple answers to find and then build upon is that in the world, truth is revealed to us through the new covenant teachings of Jesus Christ. And in society, mankind gives authority to our elected officials to govern. Scratching further, it goes on to share that an unbiased look at our humanity reveals that we have brought ourselves to an interpretation and perception of truth that is lacking goodwill or intent for our neighbors. The impression of truth reflected in society no longer mirrors or even bears a close resemblance to the guiding truth that our creator, the author of all authority, revealed to the world. Somehow, over the generations in our arrogance and pride, we have come to the belief that we are smarter and more evolved than previous generations. We now think that we need not submit our free will to any authority. We have lost sight of the humility needed to see and accept the fullness of truth revealed to us by God's authority, which is imperative to peacefully govern in our physical world. The many tolerant causes have now become the truth for many lost souls living in and of this world. Over the generations, our civil authorities have denounced and even removed 
the divine origins of truth from the communities they were elected to uphold and have imposed their own personal will or situational truth upon those they govern. This form of governing has created division within many communities and has suppressed the virtues of humility, honor, and integrity within their societal posture, which is quickly taking root elsewhere through our media perpetuating this as acceptable behavior. Now, with generations of complacency in this accepted tolerance, many have become unwittingly emptied of good intent. And to the family of the father who does not intentionally accept and seek out the origins of, of objective truth, this seems to be acceptable behavior in our court of public opinion. Now, the question in need of self-examination are these. Number one, in a world where all authority is intentionally being taken away, how can we look to any authority for real truth? And what, if anything, do we believe in? And two, what authority does a father have over the family he will be held accountable for if he does not look to his heavenly father for the guiding objective truth imperative for safe passage in their physical lives. This is all powerful awareness for the morally intentional journeyman and a sad reality for those living in and of this world. Wouldn't you say, Bill, what are your thoughts so far? I think, uh, Ray, that this book uh, and this chapter, which really you know, is the final call to action, is so... Uh, important for 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 people to realize, um, you know, you 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 do a great job of highlighting um, that that our authority, um, you know, society, the authorities of our society, have in some ways really just let us down and failed us, um, and and certainly uh, the the media has had a large, you know, piece to to perpetuate that and do that, um, and and I think in some small way uh, through this media we are. Um, reclaiming uh, that by 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 spreading the good and spreading the truth uh, out about this, uh, I, you know the other thing I think when I when I think about this chapter too is the fact that um, there is one truth, and I think that over the course of the book, um, readers have now come to understand that there is one truth. Uh, there is such thing as absolute truth, um, and the person who says that uh, he is true um, backs it up with his actions. So Jesus Christ says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, uh, and he backs it up with his actions. And we have talked about that over the many different episodes uh, that, that, we, that you and I have shared in. Um, but Jesus is who he says he is, folks. Um, and it doesn't mean that we're not subject to uh, follow the rules of decent behavior in of our society. I mean, you know. Um, but when our society departs from the truth, you are to follow the one absolute truth, which is Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, because you will find your way, you will find the truth, and you will find the life only in Jesus. Uh, he he doesn't he doesn't say I am a way, I am a truth, I am a life. He says the word the, which means he puts it on himself and only himself. Uh, so when when you examine this, uh, especially in light of the culture that we live in, as as Ray does wonderfully in this chapter, um, and how miserably at times. It has failed. Uh, our, our culture has failed us and departed from that. Uh, I encourage each and every one of you to take the time to reflect in on yourself and, and ask yourself, is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life, or even a simpler way to say that, is Jesus the Lord of my life? Does he rule over every aspect of my life, because that is what the word Lord means. The word Lord means that he is a ruler. He is a ruler, and we are subjected to that. 
So is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is, is he the one ruling your life? Uh, and that is a difficult question to ask yourself, but it's one that you should ask yourself daily. It's really one you should ask yourself daily. So um, th- those are my thoughts. I think you do a phenomenal job of, of bringing in um, how, how badly at times our, uh, <laughs> our life uh, or, our, or our culture has failed, has failed us. Yes, very unfortunate. So um, our sad reality is what we have lost in giving up authority through unwitting tolerance over the generations has cascaded into the loss of authority of tradition, meaning the way that we hand things on. Let's think about that for a minute and think of the way that our one holy Catholic and apostolic church is now looked at by many as being an old, dead tradition. Are we to believe that the universal church that our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, handed on to us all is an outdated relic? Is this all intentional? Have we been duped into submission to live in and of this world? What happened to the all-enduring and everlasting? As brothers in Christ, let's look to once again become steadfast in the objective truth shared in the foundational framework of the four marks of our universal church, the Catholic Church, handed on to us all through the New Covenant teachings. So, the four marks of the Catholic Church are found in our universal church's name, one holy Catholic and apostolic. Authority given to us all as simple answers to be found in sacred tradition, meaning being handed on. As we look deeper, we find objective truth revealed to us in the authority of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, revealing objective truth through tradition, meaning handing on of the defining graces found in the four marks. Bill, will you take it from here and share the Catechism's scratch at, actually, because uh, there's going to be so much that's not going to be shared that our listener needs to further search for themselves, but share what we've outlined, please. Absolutely, Ray. Uh, I'm going to uh, read from the Catechism, and I'm going to give you guys the quotes so that you might want to follow along with me or uh, reference them later. So the first one comes from paragraph 813, and it says this, The Church is one because of her source. The highest exemplar and source of this mystery is the unity in the Trinity of Persons of one God, the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit. The church is one because of her founder, for the word made flesh, the Prince of Peace, reconciled all men to God by the cross, restoring our unity of all in one people and one body. The next one is the church is holy, and it can be found on paragraph 823. The church is held as a matter of faith to be unfailingly holy. This is because Christ, the Son of God, who with the Father and the Spirit is hailed as alone holy, loved the church as his bride, giving himself up for her so as to sanctify her. He joined her to himself as his body and endowed her with the gift of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. The church, then, is the holy people of God. We continue with paragraph 830, The Church is Catholic. What does Catholic mean? The word Catholic means universal, in the sense of according to the totality or in keeping with the whole. The Church is Catholic in a double sense. First, the Church is Catholic because Christ is present in her. Where there is Christ, Jesus, there is the Catholic Church. In her subsists the fullness of Christ's body, united with its head. This implies that she receives from him the fullness of the means of salvation, which he has willed, 
correct and complete confession of faith, full sacramental life, and ordained ministry in apostolic succession. The Church was, in this fundamental sense, Catholic on the day of Pentecost, and will always be so until the day of Pariusia, the Second Coming. This continues with paragraph 831. Secondly, the Church is Catholic because she has been sent out by Christ on a mission to the whole of the human race. All men are called to belong to the new people of God. This people, therefore, while remaining one and only one, is to be spread throughout the whole world and to all ages in order that the design of God's will may be fulfilled. He made human nature one in the beginning and has decreed that all his children who were scattered should be finally gathered together as one. The character of universality which adorns the people of God is a gift from the Lord himself, whereby the Catholic Church ceaselessly and efficaciously seeks for the return of all humanity and all its goods under Christ the head in the unity of his spirit. And lastly, the Church's apostolic can be found in paragraph 857. The Church is apostolic because she is founded on the apostles. She was and remains built on the foundation of the apostles. The witnesses chosen and sent on mission by Christ himself with the help of the Spirit dwelling in her. The Church keeps and hands on the teaching and good deposit the salutary words she has heard from the apostles. She continues to be taught, sanctified, and guided by the apostles until Christ's return through their successors in pastoral office, the College of Bishops, assisted by priests in union with the successor of Peter, the Church's supreme pastor, the Pope. Lot said there. Um, and um, so we start out with the Catechism of the Catholic Church at 813 and end off on the Catechism of the Catholic Church at 857. There is much in between that we did not touch on, but is worthy of seeking out. So I hope that um, people will go back and start at 813 and read it all the way through, even past 857 for them to understand the four points of the church and how important they are in our faith walk uh, and how this chaotic world could easily put confusion into a lot of what's shared within our Catholic faith. Um, so uh, let's focus on one statement of the last mark of apostolic. With the help of the Spirit dwelling in her, the church keeps and hands on the teachings. Now, let's revisit the awareness shared in the epilogue discussion on the deposit of faith. The new covenant teachings of two sources of revealing, constituting a single deposit of faith. I'm going to say that again. Um, the new covenant teachings of two sources of re revelation and revealing, constituting a single deposit of faith, meaning that divine revelation is instilled and imparted to successive generations in scripture and sacred tradition, scripture and sacred tradition, through the teaching authority of apostolic succession. The four marks further understood and measured out in proper doses in our universal church teachings. Objective truth to be found in traditional teachings handed on to us all by the hands of our author of all authority, Jesus Christ himself, as he willed for his beloved sons and daughters, his chosen people in the new covenant. Objective truth revealed for the morally intentional journeyman who willfully seeks out peaceful safe passage throughout the masculine journey 
of his physical life, of one spirit, through the eyes of faith, as he cooperates with grace and shares in the fullness found in stepping ever closer as he journeys through the arch of life. A seat at the table for the worthy warrior and the family he has well prepared will be his reward. Beautiful, no, Bill? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, you know, when we talk about truth um, and the succession of the authority as you have just beautifully laid out, the importance of it when it comes to our Catholic faith is crucial. Absolutely 100% crucial, Ray. Um, with, without this succession, it's like we sever the power line uh, between us and God. Because this succession has been given for a reason. Jesus himself was the one that established that succession. He was the one that said, I am going to give these keys to you, Peter, until I, until I return. And wisely, Peter safeguarded that truth and handed it on to the next person and the next person and the next person and the next person who has safeguarded the truth all the way down to our time right here today. Amen. So it is such a beautiful and necessary thing to recognize the truth. We also need to recognize the authority, which is ultimately Jesus. I, I want to make that very clear. The, the authority that we're talking about is ultimately Jesus Christ. But at the same time, Christ has established an order to safeguard that truth, which is his Catholic Church. And as we read earlier from the Catechism, the popes in union with the bishops around the world. That was not made up by a bunch of men sitting in a back room. It was made up and given to us by Jesus Christ. And so we have to be faithful. In order to be faithful to Jesus, we are to be faithful to the authority. And those are very difficult words to say. People listening to this podcast or hearing these words... If when I speak them out like that, bristle at that. the The culture bristles at that. Non denominational Christians bristle at that, uh, and they don't like it. But ultimately, that is the truth. And when we plug into that truth and understand that truth, we are on the fastest power line the most um, you know the the highest rate of conduction between us and the Holy Spirit when we don't sever it we we travel along along that line so I just want to leave listeners with an understanding of that and it, it, it's not coming from a place of malice or coming from a place of you know, um, you know, Catholics are better than other Christians or other people. It's not coming from that place at all. It's coming from the authority of Jesus Christ and us being obedient to that authority because that is where the power flows from. Amen. Also, just one thing to add on <clears throat> with what you're sharing here is that the, uh, the laying of hands 
through the ordained priests, which is a sacrament. Our Catholic faith has priests that share in a sacrament handed on. Actually, the laying of hands on to our ordained priests is the way that the positive faith instills into the generations. That is the manner in which our Heavenly Father shares his new covenant teachings by the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, at his will. So these are truths that cannot be taken away. They're, um, they're, they're simple truths to understand and, and to remove all the chaotic static of the worldly interpretation of um, taking all the authority out and as well as the uh, a la carte faith that we share in that uh, adds more confusion to uh, a young man coming into his will and trying to discern well um, how to even nurture a faith walk. So these simple answers should give the uh, clear perspective to that young man, and that is the main objective. So um, as we continue on, tradition is the way we hand things on, and traditional roles is shared with us in the objective truth revealed in the authority of natural law. Let's go back to that a minute and um, just mention it, glaze over it, natural law, something else that is worthy of seeking out truth. Um, Okay, moving forward. The traditional mass shares objective truth at his command. When we look to Luke, chapter 22, verse 19, um, then he took the bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which will be given for you. Do this in memory of me. Discipline and obedience is needed to see past the worldly narrative to find peaceful resolve in tradition and authority. There is much value that can be found in clarifying what we truly believe in, what makes us truly steadfast in our convictions. Finding our worth and our purpose in what we truly binds us together and to our path as well. I would like to encourage our listeners that if there is something still missing for them at this time, for them to reach out to you and I, Bill, because I'm sure that you feel as strongly as I do in this, because all of our platforms are there for you to utilize. If you've come through this journey and you're in this last chapter discussion with us, this final call to action where I am intentionally placing you face first to the cross to accept all of these simple truths, if there's something still missing, reach out to us because we want to fulfill. We want to get you to step closer. We want you to come and shoulder up with us and become steadfast in the strength that carries us through our physical lives. Yes, absolutely. Um, We want you to reach out to us and, you know, talk with us as, as much as we, you know, this will be the 15th and final, you know, in this series, it is not the ending place for this ministry. It is not the ending place for your journey. Uh, I I think I said this on the last episode, but I will say it again here, folks, that, you know, when I was talking with confirmation students, uh, I would always say that your confirmation does not mean it's the end of your journey. It means it's the beginning of your journey. Uh, you know, we the, unfortunately, the culture in the Catholic Church uh, has has made confirmation into something that is a uh, a graduation of sorts. And you know, our our culture does a poor job of um, combating that. You know, in the church, very poor job of of combating that in the church. Uh, confirmation means that you're confirmed that you say, I'm going to live this the rest of my life. Not um, that I've decided that I'm going to graduate and be done with my Catholic, you know, degree of, 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 of uh, you know, religious education. 
It's a call to learn more. And this is the same thing. It's a call to learn more, a grow more, walk in your faith. This is a call to action. It's not a call to sit on your sofa and say, I have finished reading Tools to Ready the Journey. This is over now. You know, um, so if you've got a question, which I'm sure you're going to do, you know, you're going to have questions, folks. You're going to have questions in your life. You're going to have, um, you know, sorrows and joys. I'm, I'm completely, you know, convinced and real with, with all of you that that is what is going to happen. So reach out to us and tell us, you know, your story and ask us your questions. You know, these, these things are important uh, in your life. And you need to have support doing them. And it means that uh, we, we're going to develop other outreaches in, in this ministry. But beyond, beyond that, um, if this is the one you're using right now, if this is the one you are uh, encountering right now, and you're hearing these words from both Ray and myself, reach out to us. The website is so easy. trjfathersguide.com There's all the information there. Just go to it and send us the email. Ask us the question on Facebook. There's Facebook groups and discussion chapters for every single chapter of the book. There is a new discussion group for every single chapter of the book on Facebook, guys. All you got to do is go over to the group, join the group in the chapter you're on, and ask the question. <laughs> it's so simple. We will get back to you. We promise. You know? Ray and I have made that promise to each other that we're going to support the ministry in that way. And it also means that um, we are going to uh, support you because we're going to support each other, but we're going to support you. So that's that's how real we can be with you right now. I mean, you know, it's about being real and open and honest. So absolutely, Ray. Totally second yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> a couple of things to leave off on. I have so many but here are just a few. Preside, meaning pre-decide how to move forward through composure, founding self-examination when you met, are met with trials. So uh, think about that. Preside before you approach things. You'll be able to approach them well when you take that time to self-examine. Fail forward, fail fast, and fail often. Uh, something that uh, is... You know, we, we don't want to accept failure when we're young. Um, we want to make excuses. Don't make an excuse. You don't grow from an excuse. Fail forward, fail fast, and fail often. Um, many of the awarenesses shared in TRJ come from wisdom found in growth from failure. My own failure. This book was written to an 18-year-old Ray in hopes that young, morally intentional journeymen can be better prepared than I was. Parts of life's canvas revealed to better equip the inevitable challenges ahead. Remember to keep most in reach the tool of the heart, which is humility. Um, we can go back to Bill's contribution of to tolerate something, we must first disagree with it. Um, fear, vice, and pride are the wedges most used to separate us. Think about those three aspects of our daily lives that really become wedges for us, um, fear, vice, and pride. Never lead with emotion. Always detach yourself from negative situations for perspective. Um, sometimes, as I've gotten older, I realize that before I can respond to something, I need to have a day or so's perspective to gain proper composure to approach it well. Uh, when we respond to things immediately within emotion, it just leads to more turbulence. So um, never lead with emotion. The opposite of living in and of this world is being morally intentional. That is a very, very, um, um, it's, a, it's a wonderful awareness to step away from this Um you know, the opposite of living in and of this world is being morally intentional. My mom's saying of once a Catholic, always a Catholic, meaning the graces instilled by receiving and preparing for the sacraments are indelible marks can never be taken away or undone. And that's just beautiful. So anybody who is out there listening to this, who is a Catholic, who stepped away from the faith, you can't step away from those indelible marks. They're there. You are a Catholic. 
and I assure you of that in your father's eyes. The measure in which we measure adds so much meaning to how we reflect into the world. Um, the, uh, the measure in which we measure. Oh my gosh, how many times have we heard that? So um, I hope that when you are approaching things, you approach them well and you realize that when you're dealing with children, you have to give them proper doses and, and have the composure to, um, to, to step back from situations and recognize that yourself. Uh, don't lead the way the rest of this world leads. Lead with intent. And most importantly, and the main message in all of this for our morally intentional journeyman is before we can intentionally lead, we must first humbly follow. Truth to be told, we can't do this journey alone. Shouldering up fellowship is a must when fighting the good fight. And um, that is a wonderful thing for us to, to take away. Um, the book begins and ends with, before we can lead, we must follow. And it ends with, before we can intentionally lead, we must first humbly follow. Now, uh, is there anything you would like to add, Bill? Yeah, there's so many different things to add at the end of a podcast like this, uh, an end of a journey. Um, but I, I just want to impress upon each and every listener that um, you are called to seek the truth. Uh, and this book, um, for me, has helped me deepen my perspective on the truth. It has opened up new perspectives to the truth. I, I've said this before um, on many different um, pod, uh, different episodes uh, on the same on this podcast. But the there is one truth, but our perspectives on it are different. Um, but when you do something like this, when you do a study like this, uh, and you go through a book like this. You gain new perspectives. Never stop gaining new perspective. Uh, you, you, you discover new perspectives through your friendships, uh, through your relationships with your spouses and with your children. Each person is created with a unique fingerprint. Uh, you have a different fingerprint than, than, than mine. I relate to God differently than the way you relate to God, and God is pleased with that uh, because he created you unique and unrepeatable. And so, therefore, with that being said, seek the perspective on the truths from others. Gain wisdom from other people. And... I have learned so much from Ray during this book study. And I hope that as you do this book study with us and with others in your men's groups in your parishes, that you are gaining perspective on that truth. Um, because as we gain a wider perspective and our, and our uh, perspective expands to, we become more compassionate of others. We become more faithful to God and we become holier. So expand your perspective on the truth. Seek not to um, tear down your brother, but seek to build him up in the ways that this book highlights pointing out the truth, showing what is the, or helping reveal the truth through your perspective to others and allowing the truth to be revealed to you through the perspective of them. Um, I, I think one scriptural thing that I want to leave you with um, is, is just to examine that um just to examine the 
the part of the gospel in John where Jesus stands before Pilate and he talks with um, Pilate about kingship and Pilate asks him the question, what is truth? Take that scripture and, you know, read the entire, uh, read the entire passage. Um, start with, you know, uh, John chapter 18, verses 28, and read it all the way through um, verse uh, 40. And, you know, reflect on that passage of John's gospel. And ask yourself this question. I think it's such an important question to ask yourself. Is Jesus the Lord of my life? And if he's not the Lord of your life in all areas, if he's not the Lord of your life in each and every area, what area do you need him to reveal the truth to you more? What area do you need God to reveal his truth to you more? Because then you'll be able to declare him Lord over that part of your life too. So just take some time reflecting on the gospel and that passage and see where Pilate's weakness can be your strength. Because Pilate succumbs to the pressure of the crowd when he, when he is asked to declare Jesus the Lord of his life and his king. He succumbs to the crowd and the pressures of it. Um, so don't let that be you. And take the time to reflect over that scripture. That's what I would say I would leave people with, especially in this uh, episode of, of What is Truth. Succumbing to the world, huh? It's so easy to do. Yeah. Yes, it's, uh, it's uh, a very good takeaway at the end of What is Truth, where um, Pilate is posed with truth standing right before him. And um, it's very much worthy of reading. True. You are loved is something I say often to my family. Three words with so much meaning behind them. You are loved. I selfishly share my love for my family with the knowledge that it's through my Heavenly Father's love for me that I can love as I do. His forgiveness for me instills in me the strength and humility needed to love my family past their faults unconditionally. Although I've never shared this understanding with them, I'm sure they feel my love just as I've just described to you all. This awareness toward the forgiveness needed of a father will aid in times of trial because there's going to be times when our family actually tests us. <laughs> I can assure you they're coming. Um, take time out to read the knowledge shared on page 118 about the St. Joseph prayer. There is great perspective shared in the takeaway surrounding the prayer content. For the more we are given, the more we will be held accountable. An active prayer life is essential in keeping us close to the path, wouldn't you say, Bill? Absolutely. You know, praying um, daily is something that is very important. It doesn't always have to be a long, drawn-out prayer. Uh, prayer can be simple. It can be you know, something as simple as, Jesus, I need your help right now. Uh, that's what it need. That's what we need. Uh, and in, in the moments, Jesus, I am thankful for such and such. So you don't, you know, if it, praying the rosary and praying, you know, these prayers um, that, that might be scripted from, from your childhood are wonderful things to do. Um, but, but prayer is so much more 
than just the um, the those scripted prayers that we learn. It's it's a conversation with God. Prayer is a conversation with our heavenly Father. And so have the conversation throughout the day and take time to listen. Take time to listen to what God is speaking into your heart uh, throughout the course of the day. It can be five or ten minutes um, conversations at a time throughout the day. It doesn't have to be a chunk of an hour. You know, it, it, it's really nice if you can dedicate that time. But it doesn't have to be a chunk of an hour. It can be five and ten minute spurts throughout the day thanking your um, God for the life that you've been given. Thanking God for the blessings. Um, thanking Him for the for the trials you've um, succeeded, admitting your wrongs and failures before him and just saying, you know, doing the daily examine, saying, God, you know, I've failed in these areas. I need to be a better person here. Please help me tomorrow. Uh, that's, that's the way God wants to hear from you. And so, yes, having the active prayer life, very important. And take the time to, to do that. Amen. Um reciting prayer is different than praying that's for sure the last image in the book is on the about the author page it is the image of an empty toolbox it is intentional in its placement meant to bring to mind that i have willfully lent my tools out i hope that my intent on sharing the tools to ready the journey will encourage other men of goodwill to feel the same way about the tools they have acquired along the way. The simple truth is that we can't do this journey alone. We need each other, just as I have needed you, Bill, to bring this all to light. Uh, I've shared with you, Bill, that I believe that we were placed on the journey together. You were meant to come in my path, and what we have shared here is going to change hearts. It's going to stop divorce. It's going to make challenge easy. It's going to change the will of young children who their father, through composure, can understand conscious competence. There's so many valuable tools that you and I have shared for the journey ahead. Amen. Uh, it is so true, Ray. Um... I have gained so many tools and so much wisdom, and it has been through a very joy-filled uh, conversation and growth and friendship that uh, this has happened, and that is so beautiful. It is so beautiful um, that words cannot describe it. Now, words cannot describe it, and I am praying for each and every one of the listeners of this podcast and readers of the book to understand in a deeper way and encounter what we have experienced together by doing this study. Um, it There are truly no words for it and it has been a phenomenal, phenomenal blessing. So, uh, Thank you for your friendship, Ray, because it it has uh, certainly been transformative and life changing uh, for me, and as I know it has been for you. So, so thank you so very much for your um, your your friendship, your 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 trust, um, and and dedication. Amen. Uh, so, um, changed is my resolve. That's where I stand through, you know, this, the writing of this book came as an answer to prayer for me um, to strengthen my family's faith. Um, I didn't realize it was supposed to go past my family into, um, you know, our faith family. Um, but that's the way we are as brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, so much closer I am to my path from this. Uh, changed is definitely a a resolve that shares truth but um bill we got to do this we we were i've been so blessed throughout this um to 
to share in this with you and to get to do this with you and to come closer to my faith with you and all the 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 knowledge that you've shared with me off the air that has brought our discussions to a much better place for our listener uh um, just um the fellowship that has turned into a lifelong friendship for me and uh, i thank you bill for your part in uh sharing the tools that ready the journey for our listeners yeah absolutely ray Uh, it has been a blessing beyond blessing in my life um and I thank you for your trust and your, um, your, your uh, just, just openness to allow me to share in this blessing um, that, that turned into something that neither of us could, could even imagine in our wildest dreams. So, um, so thank you for that. And to our listeners, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in uh, and listening to this series Remember that you can go over to trjfathersguide.com to connect with us and uh, work with us and study with us and grow with us in faith. So, Ray, I'm going to let you have the final say here. Thanks again so much for this wonderful series. For Bill Snyder, this is Ray Haywood. Don't forget to be intentional. You've been listening to Tools to Ready the Journey, presented by Breadbox Media. For more information about this ministry to young men, visit trjfathersguide.com or search for TRJ Father's Guide on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tools to Ready the Journey is a production of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about how Patchwork Heart Ministry can support your ministry, visit patchworkheart.org. Teachings for an Unbelievable World is a newly discovered work written by St. John Paul II, then Archbishop Karl Watia of Krakow, in the years just after Vatican II. This is the first English-language publication of this important work. In this hardcover book that Scott Hahn calls one of the greatest hidden treasures unearthed in our time, 13 brief homilies provide compelling teaching for Catholics in today's post-Christian world and give fresh insights into JP2's pontificate. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code JP2Teachings, that's J-P-I-I-Teachings, to get 20% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www. Dot grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia experience coffee like never before